Yo, what is up? It is the Fantasy Chumps podcast on a special occasion being brought to you by one of your co-hosts, Leighton, as always, being joined by a special guest and only a special guest, Joe from our Fantasy League. Joe, how are you doing today, buddy? Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm feeling very special right now, considering Good. that we're the only ones here. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Nate is the best man in a wedding this weekend and is very busy this week. And John just had a lot of things going on. So instead of leaving you guys hanging out to dry, we thought we'd just, I'd grab one of the members of our league, Joe, happily volunteered to join. They kind of go over our draft, just go over some recent news, because there's honestly been a lot happening, especially with cutdown day, a lot to talk about. So, Joe, how, how do you know, All feel? I got to say, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was a backup quarterback, you know, to Brett Favre, and, you know, I feel like I've got that that Aaron Rodgers mentality here, um, and I'm definitely gonna gonna bring the energy and and we're gonna get this thing going, dude. I love it. I, I've I've been wanting to have Joe on for a while, honestly. Well, Joe, what we're actually gonna do? I don't know if I told you this or not, but um, if John, so John left after the draft on our Lake Weekend trip, basically, mm-hmm. and we were gonna try to do a quick podcast and try to get everybody on and get their reaction. That's been really fun. Dude, it had been so fun. But John left, and I didn't want to – I was thinking, oh, all three of us will just react this week. Nah. So yeah, – Super Mario Strikers, though, I mean, takes priority. Oh, if anybody knows who that game, what that game is outside of our league, ah, one of the greatest games of all time, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, all right, well, we're going to start it the same way as we always do. Um, question of the podcast. Um, so, Joe, what is one thing – you would take away from this past draft to apply towards future ones. Like one, if you just had one <laughs> thing that stuck out to you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the league has gotten serious, much more oh. serious. Oh, for and sure. <laughs> the fact that, um, that many, many, many draft picks have been, have been snagged and people are trading up and down. And I was just, you know, kind of, kind of stagnating. Um, not really trading up or down. Um, I feel like I could have I could have picked um, if I had taken more opportunity and like. Yeah. So our league, we implemented this what like two or three years ago, the draft pick trading in the season, which I which I love because you know if somebody at least isn't going to make the playoffs, you know, a couple weeks left, or they want to bow out like Jake did this past year you can at least try to recoup something instead of just, you know, I don't even know what. Beforehand, it was just, uh, let's just say there's some collusion always going on with that. Yeah. Now, now there's something to even work for towards the future, which I really like. Yeah, in the past, it's always been, you know, a little bit of minor movement. Someone someone gets an extra first or some something something crazy like that. But, um, but yeah, this draft, I mean, it felt like we were – we were actually there, but um, except for me and Chase, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is three to four, if I'm counting correctly, draft day trades because there's one, two, three with me. I did three on draft day, and then um, I'm pretty sure it was another one, ha- another two happened. So it might have been five. 
That is definitely a record. It was it was crazy. I kept asking to trade back because all the, the players I wanted kept going a little early. So I yeah, move, I tried to move back as much as possible. So the one thing I'd probably take away from this draft, it's kind of a two-part answer, but I'll cheat it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is, man, running backs, they go so early. Every Dude, this is, this person, is, yeah. Every <laughs> single first-round pick yeah, was a running back. It's the first time I've seen that. And yeah, I know uh, we were getting made fun of a little bit over the weekend because Nate, John, and I have done so many mock drafts. Never once have we seen that where all 10 were running backs. So it was definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of couple of that, since it was so running back heavy early in you know, other positions, quarterbacks went early too. Wide receiver, you can still wait on wide receivers. Joe, we were just talking mm-hmm. before the show. Who'd you get in the uh, the seventh eighth round? I got let's see at eight um, or in seven I got Juju, which oh, I wasn't like super happy at the time, but I mean looking back on it, you never really know. I mean, and he's produced. And then yeah. I got Michael Gallup at ten, which is like crazy to me. Dude, what's your... I mean, I mean those are those are three like I mean. Decent, decent um, flex in, in bench players. Dude, I was going to say, the Landry pick was the most – in round 11, if you would have mm-hmm. told me that two years ago, I would have laughed at you that you got him in round 11. But, no, you, yeah. you got a good pick there. He's, sure. he's, he's, he's definitely, like, the most consistent uh, player on my bench. Oh, for sure. And But it's just nice because if you have Jarvis as your third wide receiver even, yeah, I mean, who, who's going to be upset about that? And – yeah, he's your, I think he's I'm gonna be what, like fifth, six. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm gonna just... be I'm gonna be playing playing matchups with with Jarvis Landry and Juju probably. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it was a lot of fun though. Um, did you have a good time at the lake over the weekend? Oh yeah, it was it was a blast for me. Um, it it was just a uh, um, I'm and. You know, my stomach's a little upset still. Uh, <laughs> we we, we didn't not, not as young as I used to be. I'm getting gray hair, um, but uh, you know, it was it was a great time, and it was it was good to be back with the boys. Oh, it was definitely good, dude. Isn't that weird? How like I feel like everybody felt the impact of us not eating or eating great or all of the above. <laughs> like, I mean, before- we could have. A 15 minute trip to the grocery store would have really, would have really, uh, fixed some things up. We will, uh, I'll definitely, we'll definitely have to do that next year for sure. (laughs) Um, so let's move on to some NFL news today or this week, not today. This week has been cut week. Um, Mm -hmm. so a lot of different implications have happened out of that. A lot of random things. I think the biggest one I'm going to kind of skip our order is that Cam Newton got cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting that, whether or not he won the starting job. I mean, Joe, did that surprise you at all? No, because I think there's, there's, I, I, I mean, can you really be surprised with, with Bill Belichick? Um, you know, he's, he's a That's sneaky true. man and, uh, and he does know how to manipulate the media. So I, uh, I think that, um, that, yeah, I feel bad for Cam. Um, I like him, and I think that, yeah, I think y'all were talking about this on the last podcast. 
but um, yeah, just like last year, he wasn't really able to to prove himself with a Patriots team, and now like this would have been kind of his 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 chance. But I mean, he'll he'll get picked up, and uh, and someone's gonna want gonna want Cam Newton still. Yeah, I think so. Um, it it's definitely interesting because. You know, he wasn't great last year, but you still feel bad. You know, like he's mm-hmm. he, he, to get cut, like not even to get the starting job and then just be the backup for the year. Nah, Bill, Bill just went straight for the throat. So obviously that means Mac Jones is the new starter. Uh, Joe, what's your kind of quick reaction to how it affects the offense as a whole? Um. Mac Jones is a starter. I mean, I don't think it's going to, like, change things too, too much. I think it's more of, like um, – let me actually pull up their, their depth chart real quick. Are you saying that the Patriots might have a system for their quarterbacks? I would say that there is, there is somewhat of a system. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I think the body type um, plays a part into that. Yeah, bit of a doughboy, um, a little bit. But uh, I don't I really know don't. what changes the Patriots have really made um, since last year. Is it basically just their defense? Yeah, they had a lot of players coming back, and they didn't really—they didn't really add. A, I mean, they added the two, um, the two tight ends of Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, neither of which got drafted this weekend, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, that's basically it. They added Nelson Aguilar too, but yeah, I just, I, I just saw that. I think this really impacts, uh, Damian Harris in the running game. Cause Cam would just run in the ball if he was close. And mm-hmm. now they actually have to like give it to somebody, which I think is kind of important. You see, but that, at the same time, that's what, that's what I was originally thinking when they cut Cam. But at the same time, it's like, what did he really do? on the ground last year, but, um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a change. I think you'll see a lot more of the, the quote unquote, Tom Brady Patriots offenses where mm -hmm. I'm not trying to dog on Tom too much, but you know, the quarterback doesn't do a lot. You basically run the ball more, have really good defense and a really good running game and you're basically good to go. So I think we'll see kind of a, revision to that and i think they could be pretty they could surprise a few people this year that's that's just all i'm gonna say yeah i guess we will see what develops i know it'll be interesting to follow first rookie or hang on no third rookie to be named as starting quarterback justin fields and trey lance are the two others that have not been named a starter um so fresh news out of i almost said seattle I don't know why. Oh, out of Philadelphia is oh, yeah. Zach Ertz says he wants to stay with the team and hopefully retire one day there. I that <laughs> dude, that surprised me so much. I was I was thinking he would want to go somewhere where he could play because Dallas Goddard's probably gonna be the starter over him if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I want to finish my career here. So it's his last year of his contract. Could this be yeah. the last year 
of Zach Ertz, Joe, before he retires? So, you know, there's two ways to view it. He's 30. Um, I feel like, you know, 30, I mean, you're similar to, you know, Travis Kelsey. It's it's not like um, he's terribly old. He would really have to prove himself if he both wanted to play after this. And it almost feels like a bit of a a cop-out where it's like um, he's just staying with the team and almost like – I don't want to say he's giving up. Yeah. You think – so you really wanted to ball – If he really wanted to ball out, he he would have tried um, harder, I think. So you're saying you think he would have – had better stats or maybe joined a better team if he would have left. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. I, I definitely think whoever would have traded for him would be somewhat of a contender. Cause you're, you know, you're not trading him to the, the Texans or the, yeah. I, why do I always I, have to say the Texans? That's a terrible <laughs> example. <laughs> I also don't want to, I don't want to discount the fact that he couldn't ball out on the, on the Eagles either. Um, right. Just considering that, like, I mean, who else are they throwing to? Um, Devontae Smith. Oh, yeah, that's right. But um, just Devontae Smith. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think he could still do it. But, um, yeah, I don't see him staying if he doesn't do well. Because he's right. had such a great career. And, like, yeah, I just don't see him, see him staying if he doesn't do well. Yeah, I could definitely see him, like, saying this now. And then the Eagles just don't want to re-sign him. So he goes and signs like a one-year deal elsewhere. Retire. He's also got after. a. He's also got a ring. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Because um, once you have the ring, I feel like, you know, that's so hard to get. It's a big does motivator. That, that's true. Does Probably that change? Does this change your opinion on Dallas Goddard? Was this somebody you were targeting in drafts, Joe? Um. No, I was not targeting Dallas yeah. Goddard. Yeah, because I know I wasn't really either just because he's always like, you know, right there. He went in the ninth round of our draft a little early compared to consensus. But, you know, he's a great player. And if it was just him, he'd probably be like a top five guy. But it, him with Zach Ertz is hit took him? Scott took him. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah, we will. Um, other news is Irv Smith, tight end out of the out of the out of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The Vikings tight end is probably out for the year. He got placed on IR. He just had surgery towards meniscus. Joe, you were trying to go to medical school, so <laughs> yeah. uh, what's the recovery like for that? On a torn meniscus. Yeah, I was reading like six Three to months? seven months. Oh, six to seven. Well, I mean, it's probably close to three just to be like a functioning person again. But that's, that's what athlete. I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I don't mm, – let me see. Dorminiscus recovery. Because I know, you know, when, when somebody like tears their ACL in high school, playing high school soccer their senior year, they're, they're basically fine. Yeah. Like they they cut it down the middle. It's three to six months. Yeah. They'll probably, it's probably more on the far end if it's a professional athlete, but who knows? He might be able to come back sooner. 
Um, uh-huh. I know he, I know he's one of the guys I was targeting, and John just had to snipe him from me, but that's okay. Who, who else were you targeting for tight end? Ooh, that that that's a good point. Um, so all the big tight ends went pretty yeah. early. Kelsey went in the second, Waller in the third, Kittle went in the fourth, which I probably would have taken Kittle if he was there in the fourth, but uh-huh. he was not. So I passed. And what I did instead is because I don't like the middle tight ends. I liked TJ Hawkinson a lot, but he also went in the beginning of the sixth round, mm-hmm. right before I was probably about to take him. And so after he went, I, I just kind of punted the position and I drafted. Tyler Higby, but what I've been mm-hmm. doing is I've been targeting Higby and Irv Smith as my two late round kind of flyers. Because if you don't have a stud tight end, you're just basically guessing. There's, you know, there's not a point in investing that early value in something that's not going to produce you the same kind of um, either consistency or um, stuff you could get from like a a more risky like. Right. And a lot of what a lot of people don't realize is the fact that you'll notice this in your own drafts if you haven't drafted yet, but there's always a run on certain positions outside of running back and wide receiver is like you'll have a tight end run or you'll have a quarterback run. Like there was yeah, there's like four or five quarterbacks. I always participate. Three rounds. I always you, participate. You my my and my anxiety my anxiety gets to me. <laughs> in the sixth round alone of our draft, we had four quarterbacks go. And so there's three quarterbacks before that. So that's over half the league by a good margin already have their yeah. quarterback by the sixth round. So, Listen. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely something. But, yeah, Irv Smith out for the the year. They did trade for Chris Herndon. Don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll keep that in mind and maybe another flyer to watch. The last bit of news I discovered is the Saints officially put Michael Thomas on the PUP list. And – they're basically saying the soft part out loud in that Michael Thomas is out for at least the first six games of the NFL season. So yeah, it's still um, that would early, earlier than yeah. Should have. Kyle picked him in the eighth round, which is not bad value. No, that's not bad. But you know, it just kind of begs the question: Is when he comes back, is he going to be Michael Thomas that we know, or is he going to be like a seventy percent Michael Thomas? It's yeah, it's, it's definitely something to keep in mind. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. All I right. Mean, well, yeah, it's. I mean, <laughs> ankles on a wide receiver. It's, it's like, dude, it's tough. It's tough. Um, ankles. So that was all the news we had today. I think we've we've kind of been touching on it briefly. Let's just get into the recap of our um, reca- the recap of our draft. Oh, excuse me, I'm tongue twisted today. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go over our teams. You know, maybe not pick by pick, but just kind of briefly describe, like, say what each each guy we take took was, and you know, like the big players or the risky ones, and we'll just kind of go through it that way. Um, Joe, do you want to do you want to kind of start off? Give us a quick rundown of your team. Yeah, sure. So I picked. I was ninth. Um, basically, I was. We had we had a heavy running back. Um, all running backs up until me, and at that point, 
I just got nervous. Um, I probably, um, I'm still okay with taking Nick Chubb. So, so I took Nick Chubb at nine, um, just for consistency sake. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not too unhappy. I do think I could have maybe, um, done something else, but I don't really know what else I could have done because it was so like, if I had left him there, then I would have been probably stuck with, with Jonathan Taylor at, at RB one. Um, yeah. And I didn't really like that. So I took Nick Chubb, uh, Kyle after me took Devante. So I was thinking Devante over Kelsey, um, if he, if he made it. Um, but at the end of the day, I chose Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's just a, such a safe pick. Um, and at two, I mean, I, I wouldn't have surprised me if he, if he went at one. So, um, getting him at two was still really good for me, but like great it was value. early in the second. Yeah. Great value. Um, then, you know, 18, 18 or so picks go by. Um, and, uh, basically is heavy wide receivers taken. And so I was, this is my first time where I was like, uh, maybe I should like figure something else out just because it was, I, I mean, I was probably standing there for three minutes, just trying to figure out if I should take AJ Brown or not. Um, and he was like the best wide receiver in my opinion, just like uh-huh. history wise. Um, but you know, the fact that they have Juju now or not Juju, but, uh, uh, Julio, um, it, and Derek Henry offense. And the fact that it's just Ryan Tannehill, I like Ryan Tannehill, but I mean, it's just, it's a little scary at, at three, but I still did it. Yeah, I did. And then, yeah, I would have thought about taking Mahomes at four if Kyle didn't take him at three, but, um, I ended up going with Robert Woods. Uh, I think that that was a really good pick for me. I was really high on the Rams um, just because I think Matt Stafford is going to ball out and they're going to be throwing a lot. Um, So that's why I took Robert Woods. Then after that and five, I took Josh Jacobs. Um, I think he's just a solid RB2 off. He's pretty consistent. Uh, Now, uh, I don't think that they've got like He's not like too much of a pass catcher, is he? He he, he he caught about like forty balls last year, which is low. No, he had forty yeah. targets, which is pretty low. Yeah, not really part of that. Improving offense, I guess. Doesn't uh, get their cars or quarterback. Very true. Very true. <laughs> uh, and the then, uh, yeah, I went with the with the Dak attack after that. Um, it is snake or yeah, because like Layton said, um, we had a bit of a, uh, QB, uh, who, who run. like, yeah, yeah. A little QB run. Um, so I took Dak at six. I think I could have waited that because Kyle had Mahomes, but I didn't even like think about that. Um, so I could have either gotten Miles Gaskin or, or Daryl Henderson instead, but I think that was all right. And then, like I said, uh, I think it's okay. Raheem Mostert, I really liked at eight. 
I was so That's upset good. with you. <laughs> I, I really liked that one. I mean, he's going to do well at least like the first couple weeks. Um, and hopefully, I think their strength of schedule is a little like, um, actually, I don't know what defenses they're going up against. But if he can really, really produce and get like all those touches and, and, and produce on them, then I think that they could just keep him. Uh, and then Philip Lindsay, I drafted after that just because I was looking for another running back. Um, I definitely drafted him like way early, but at the same time, I really wanted to just like, I, th- I felt like it was a very like um, risky, but like good pick just because I do not like um, the other running backs on uh, the Texans at all. And I think that Philip Lindsay is going to produce more than all of them. I would agree. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, Michael Gallup at, at 10 was, was pretty easy uh, pick. And then Jarvis Landry after that. I think I could have switched those two. I don't think I should have let Jarvis like be able to fall to Kyle, but that's all right. Um, and Matt Stafford at 12. Um, Matty Ice. I was, yeah, Matty Ice. I, I, like I said, I think that, um, that he's going to do really, really well. Um. And then uh, it was a, a Colts run for me. I, I it was like every time I looked well, at a Colts fan. Every no, it's just like this. I, this has happened to me in previous drafts, but I always just overvalue the Colts players just because no one else values them at all except for Ethan. And then <laughs> I, <laughs> and then I end up like taking three Colts at the end. But um, I think that it's still all right, especially Paris Campbell. At, um, he, he could be a breakout. At, at I like that pick. Yeah. Um, Naheem Hines, uh, it's all right. I, I mainly picked just because I don't think Carson Wentz can really can really chuck it. And I think that he's going to be getting a lot of um, a lot of just like uh, either check downs or, or short passes. Um, right. And at 15, I was just 15 and 16 is just Colts defense and Brandon McMahon, a kicker. So, yeah. We know how the last two rounds go. Overall, overall, I'm I'm, I'm relatively happy, uh, but I think I could have yeah made a few adjustments that could have given me more value. I understand that. Um, I'll quickly go through mine. I had the fourth pick. If you guys don't remember, first round, I was hoping, I was hoping <laughs> Alvin Kamara would fall because uh, let's just say before the draft, I do a lot of talking. Um, <laughs> I, I put out some feelers, so I knew. If Alvin Kamara was there for Ethan, he might not take him. But Ben does take him at two, and then it's Cook three. So I took Zeke. Yeah, I you got... were playing psych- psychology there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I play psychology every year. John always gives me a hard yeah. time about it. Um, I was happy I got a lot of looks about it, but I think he has such a high floor. Like his ceiling mm-hmm. is through the roof if everybody stays healthy. Then on the wraparound, I took Joe Mixon. Over Clyde, because I just think he's the only guy back there, so this could be his breakout year. Then I took Justin Jefferson. Had him last year. Don't know if he'll be as good as last year, but a solid um, wide receiver one. And then this is where the controversy starts. In round four, I took Javante Williams. Uh, I got scared because it went Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, and I didn't want to miss out on him. And judging by a guy I get later, I was very happy because Javante Williams is my swing pick. 
if he beats out Melvin Gordon, he he's going to be like a top twelve running back, I think. So it all it all yeah. depends on what happens there. That took Tyler Lockett for my wide receiver too. I could not have been happier. I could have danced around the room. But this sixth round pick, Mike Davis, I love it. He's the starting running back for the Falcons. He's my consistent guy, just in case Javante doesn't work out, because then I have my backup right there. That's good. Yeah. Next two picks were Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel. Two guys I think are – I think Robbie Anderson's super underrated, and Curtis Samuel has a super high ceiling. Yeah, uh, it's just – Robbie Anderson, he's just so like – it's just such a, such a gross feeling, you know. <laughs> I, I feel good. I love Robbie Anderson. Uh, he, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, he, I understand yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> it's just because he's on the Jets for so long. Like he was good yeah. last year. Everybody just. Ugh. And Trust then me, I I'm, I'm high. I'm high on Maddie Ice, dude. That's true. That's true. Uh, and finally, in round nine, I took my quarterback at Jalen Hurts. He's been my my guy at the quarterback position. I love I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be a stud. And then the rest of my draft, I grabbed Corey Davis as a solid like wide receiver five high, high floor. Don't know what a ceiling could be with the Jets offense, but everybody else after that is just like swing picks. Um, Ronald Jones, if he's the starter, will be really good. Tyler Higby, I think could be a really good tight end. Daryl Mooney. I've heard a lot of good things about him. He's on the bears. So we'll see if that happens. Hopefully Justin. Oh, yeah, starts. He's, 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 he's Daryl Mooney is their wide receiver too. Sorry. It's Darnell Mooney. I always say Darnell. Darnell. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, he's their wide receiver that's, too, that's though. Yeah, still a wide receiver too. It's 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 a it's a it's a it's good value. And so I was looking to take Trevor Lawrence, but Scott took him, so I took Trey Lance in the 14th round. Because dude, if he starts, he's going to be so good. And then if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out, you know, I have another swing at the quarterback position. You can always find quarterbacks. So, and then Greg Zerline, Broncos D, good way to finish up the draft. I traded back three times <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just because there was, I thought there was value later on. It worked out two of the times and one time it did not, but I really like my team. ESPN mm-hmm. does not like my team. So uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but Matthew Berry, why don't you like my it's team? Probably, it's probably like Jalen Hurts and uh, well, I don't, I don't see why they don't like it, but I mean, I like your team a lot. I think it's well, good. thank you. But it's 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 a it's a bit like you know it's it's research intensive. It's a research intensive team. It's not like you, you drafted just you know the the best biggest name throughout. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, um, I appreciate that. Let me. Yeah. Gonna pat myself on the back for all that work. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those things. If ever, if like some of these players hit, I think this team could be really good. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I wrote down a couple questions for you, Joe. Which do okay. you think is, is, even though I already know your answer, what is your safest <laughs> pick, you think, in terms of round where you got them? And you already know the answer, so. It's got to be Colts <laughs> defense at 11, right? <laughs> I, I'm going to go with, with, with Travis Kelsey at two. It was, I've always had three years oh, in yeah. a row, or I think, I mean, once you once you taste the Kelsey juice, it's hard to it's hard to get yourself off of it because it's just like every week it makes 
watching the Chiefs so much more fun. And at the same time, you're you're making money. Um, That's true. And uh, yeah, obviously, just like a safe pick in round two. I I probably would have thought about taking him round one too, but yeah. The good thing about Kelsey is like every week, no matter who you're playing, you always have a positional advantage at tight end. Yeah. So it's, and then, it must be nice. <laughs> yeah. So Nate, Nate was trying to trade me for switch picks with me or trade me uh, fifth for ninth. Right. He was fifth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before the draft. And the only reason why um, I didn't want to, because I, I mean, there was so much good, like running back value up there was just because I wanted to probably be able to, or yeah. at least like get get a, get him and be in a good position while getting Nate. Him. Nate definitely really was working the trade market like I was. I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think my quote unquote safest pick is a little bit surprising. I think honestly. Tyler Lockett it's probably my safest pick even though I think Zeke's pretty safe too Tyler Lockett was a top 10 wide receiver last year and the only reason people didn't like him was because he finished the season like a little hit or miss but dude if he's as consistent as he normally is then I don't understand why he couldn't just do that so I mean yeah and the fact that he's getting getting drafted in our league what 10 uh 13 picks after DK Metcalf. I mean, I think he should have been drafted a little earlier, honestly. Yeah, because DK DK is great and all, but it's just like, I I don't get it. So, two full rounds. I would have, have, like, like, I would say, like, even though I'm high on on Robert Woods, I probably would have, like, drafted him before. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. That was a good quick rundown. Um, we'll be right back after our break to kind of go over just a little bit more. Welcome back to the second half of the post-draft fantasy chumps podcast featuring a third of the chumps. Joe, how are you liking your guest appearance? I am really enjoying this. I'll, I'll be back later. I'll be back. Heck yeah. We'd love to hear that. Um, so we're just going to kind of quickly go a couple other things we found interesting. Um, then we're going to recap John and Nate's team. And then we're just going to kind of ask each other a few questions um, about the draft as a whole. So first of all, one of our contestants had three fourth-round draft picks. His name was Jake. Um, and so we just kind of wanted to see how it went for him. Obviously, he had a huge advantage because of the three fourth rounders. He also had the first overall pick. So, uh, Joe, let's just say I was uh, not happy with that. Yeah, we're, we're punching up. We're punching. We're definitely punching up. So, he started the draft with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Then he went in the second, third, Calvin Ridley, CeeDee Lamb. And then when he came back, that is when he had his three ones. David Montgomery, Cooper Cup, and the now injured J.K. Dobbins. Um, that was, I kind of felt bad. Um, anyway, he, he went Josh Allen in the fifth to kind of spark that quarterback run pretty quick. Um, then 
TJ Hawkinson at six, T. Higgins, Leonard Fournette, Debo Samuel, Harrison Bucker, the Bucks defense, Johnny Smith. So I was wrong. Johnny Smith got drafted and Mike Williams. So, oh, he also took Jalen Waddle. I always forget about that ninth round pick. So, Joe, just overall, is this is this what you would have done with all those picks, or how would you have taken it differently? What did you think of how Jake handled it? Yeah, I mean, you know, Jake, he's a perplexing drafter, but he always seems to get it done, which always pisses me off. But he also has had Christian McCaffrey for the past two seasons or three. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely a piece of the equation, if not the main piece. Um, I didn't, I mean, I think we're all pretty shocked at CD lamb in the third. Yeah. Um, A little bit. Like start of the third. I'm not really a fan. Um, I think his, uh, yeah, I, I also don't really like Cooper much up there. Um, I think you could have gotten better value because that was, yeah. Yeah, because Amari Cooper was available, right? Uh-huh. And Tyler Lockett. Um, yeah, I just thought – Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Mike Evans. There's yeah, a lot of guys. Mac- even He could have even had DK Metcalf mm-hmm. in the third. So I don't really um, think that he played to his strengths in this on the fourth, but I think that he's still like um, – he's got three fourth-round draft picks. I mean, you can't really uh, do too bad there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I it, What I would have done with in Jake's position personally is I probably would have gone running back and then I would just take in running backs with the first three picks. Of course, if the draft fell to that and then just load it up on every other position after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, I mean, he was elevated just three picks higher than everyone. I mean, he was done at 13, so. Yeah, could have, but it was an interesting draft. Just wanted to kind of audience to just get a different recap because I know a lot of people out there they don't do draft trading, so it's just something interesting to see how it can work out. Um, not or not in your favor, in your favor. Um, next, gonna quickly go over Nate and John's team. Uh, we'll start with Nate's team since he had the earlier pick. Uh, there's some trades. Um, he had Austin Eckler and Antonio Gibson, the first two. Followed that up with Darren Waller. Then he went really uh, wide receiver heavy with Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Russell Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Cooks, Devontae Smith. Then he finally got back to the running backs with Trey Sermon and Michael Carter. Took another tight end with Robert Tunyon, then finished out the draft with DJ Chark and Devin Singletary. Um, mm-hmm. Joe, did anything about Nate's draft stick out to you? Yeah, I think it's it's an opposite approach to the one that a lot of us took, where it's just, I mean, the running back value just decreases so fast in the fact that he took uh, that early. Uh, uh-huh. He he got, like, good wide receivers, but, um, yeah, he's going to have some, some trading to do, I feel like, um, but he has the value to, to trade away. Um, with a lot of us who don't have um, as great of wide receivers for sure. Right. 
Um, I remember after the draft, he was like, yeah, I wasn't really planning on getting all these receivers. It just kept, and, and, you know, you have to stay, um, you know, you have to stay fluid with the draft because you can't just go and be like, okay, I'm taking running back, running back, receiver, mm-hmm. running back. You just kind of have to go with the flow and see what happens. Um, I, yeah, I like his Darren Waller pick a lot. Um, oh, he was because, so happy about that. Yeah, he uh, would have gotten, gotten sniped up real quick. Oh, yeah, I think he would have gone next four picks for sure. Um, but, yeah, comparing it to John's team, John went – excuse me. John went Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, his my guys for the year, Allen Robinson, George Kittle, Kyler Murray, Jerry Judy, Damian Harris, Chase Claypool, Jamar Chase, LaVisca Chenault, Russell Gage, my guy, uh, Irv Smith, definitely one of my guys. Jalen Wager, Marcus Callaway, Pat's defense, and then Ryan Suckup. I really liked John's draft personally. Mm-hmm. He has a pretty solid foundation with Aaron Jones, Kyler Murray, George Kittle, Najee, and Allen Robinson. And mm-hmm. you know you can, can you can just kind of figure out the second wide receiver if that's your starting core. But dude, if Najee hits, we know how good everybody else is. I think. It's kind of it's kind of scary. It's it's I think that John has has that might be able to best take on Jake's team if Najee Harris. Yeah. Um yeah. Dude, Najee's it's going to be interesting cuz I, I I see the pros and cons of Najee, so it's just like it's just hard to kind of narrow it down what you really think. But, dude, if he if he goes off, John's team is going to be pretty stacked, at least in the starters. I do like his bench because it's a lot of high upside players, which is always good. The only downside, I think, is he only has, as of now, three running backs. Mm-hmm. So, you know how running backs get banged up. Worst comes to worst. He could be scrambling the trade like a George Kittle or Kyler Murray for a starting running back, which definitely not a bad thing. So yeah, it by the Irv Smith injury. No, that's because true. He does have he has Kittle. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's good that he he managed to do that. So John, John, sorry, Joe. <laughs> Just as a whole, if you had to pick another team besides your own that is your favorite, which team would it be? And why? I think if I had Jake's draft position, or I think that I could have made a team that I liked more. So I don't uh-huh. even want to say Jake's is my favorite. Um, right. I I like Chase's team uh, a decent amount. Yeah. And I like John's team team a lot. Yeah, John's team is interesting. Uh, I really like it, honestly. The one team I was honestly thinking about is Nate's starting lineup is really good. <laughs> I true. like Nate's team a lot. Um, he took my guy in Russell Wilson that I talked about earlier. Maybe shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Another team I, I feel like this year, compared to most years, is the most like even everybody's teams has been, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but one thing is, if Scott had a different tight end, I would really like Scott's team. And I'm not trying to 
you know, yeah. talk smack or anything, but mm-hmm. his starting lineup is really good. And I'm only really looking at the starters because the bench is going to change after week two or three for basically everybody. Mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people <laughs> have a lot of good teams. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it was just really nice. I like, oh yeah, I think we have another thing to talk about. Yeah. Okay. The the range of outcomes team. Do you have a better word yeah. for that? Range of outcomes. Like there has to be a different like word for that, right? Maybe. I just can't think of it. But basically, I think I'm looking at the team with the highest floor, but with the lowest ceiling also. So like if worst case scenario best case scenario essentially which team has that wide range of outcomes for you mm-hmm. mm. high floor and low ceiling yeah so like you, there's you can see a world where either mm-hmm. yeah mm. or you mean low ceiling high floor or, or wait. No, we'll see high oh, school yeah. would be a team oh, yeah. that's going to go 500 yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who, like, really is boomer bust, you know. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. I think a very boomer bust team. Actually, I have two, so maybe I should let you go first. At least I have a backup. No. I was actually going to – so I'm between two. I'm between Kyle's team and Ben's team. Okay. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked about Ben's I'm going to go with – I'm going to talk about Kyle's first because, mm-hmm. you know, Ben's team I feel like is – and I mean this in the nicest way possible, like more solid. Like it, it, it's hard for me to see his team not doing well. Where Kyle has Patrick Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams. Like those three are going to be studs for mm-hmm. sure. If Daryl Henderson and Julio Jones and Miles Gaskin do what they've been projected to do, I think Kyle could have a really salty team on his hands. And one thing I also looked at, which made me choose him, is he t- is he picked Michael Thomas. Yeah. So if Kyle could hang around that like, you know, five hundred mark through six weeks, and you get a Michael Thomas healthy back to that team, and you have a Devonte Adams, Julio Jones, and then Michael Thomas in your flex. I don't even know if it matters who your running back two is. And you can always trade I, for one. I like that that take a lot. Yeah, because Daryl Henderson, if he's the starter for the Rams, you have in as your running back two. Oh mm-hmm. I could see I could see a world where it goes great. I could also see a world where it doesn't go good and Julio takes a step back. Michael Thomas never steps up. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor is like a average running back one. Devontae and Mahomes still ball out every week, and they might win you a couple weeks. But other than that, it's just I, I can yeah. see both scenarios. I, I yeah, I think you know his, like you said, I think his his starting line probably gonna take him to the playoffs. Honestly, like the end is gonna gonna help accelerate him. Right. I agree. So is that who, who you, you'd pick, or are you gonna go with somebody else? Um, I'm I'm still thinking about about Scott, dude. I mean, he's got Lamar Jackson, right? Which, I mean, really, 
Um, he hasn't been doing like amazing, amazing stuff, but at the same time, he's at least going to score fantasy points. That's true. Um, he's always a fantasy guy. And I think it's just my bias against Saquon from last season, and it just plays into the psychology. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna pick Scott's team too, but I I, I agree with that take because if Saquon and Lamar ball out and James Robinson is close to what he was last year, and then he has Stefan Diggs, that's a solid core to build around, and that's what I think a lot of people they don't realize with the draft is that you're not so much looking for a complete team. You're just trying to get a solid core of like four to five players that you can build around because yeah. everybody else is basically replaceable depending on your team makeup, of course, but mm-hmm. it's uh yeah. I also like how Scott has, he has Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, that's a, it's, it's really, you know, you know, two pretty dynamic quarterbacks, but I would still call both of them boomer busts. That's true. Well, I wouldn't call Lamar a bust ever. He could give less value than he did picking him at six. That's true. Um, So now just going to touch on some, a couple picks we like. I know we talked about this a little bit. Joe, what's your pick of the draft? If you had to pick one. Mm, You know, I like your Tyler Lockett pick a lot still. Um, I don't want to just uh um but i do like that pick a lot um because you got him you got him you you got him at five you know 20 20 yeah that's right uh so i think i think that was that was a really good pick um and then I like eh, – I'll let, I'll let you say another one, and then I'll, I'll say one. Okay. Are you going to talk about Chase's pick? Yeah. Okay. Unless you no problem. No, no, no. We're all good. Um, my pick of the draft that I really like is a guy I was targeting as well, but Nate took Brandon Ayuk in the seventh round. Um, he Brandon Ayuk almost kind of had a breakout year last year. A lot of people don't know who he is, per se. Excuse me. And I just think he could go off this year and be a really solid fantasy player this year. So to get that at seven, again, I'd probably make it like my – I'd probably for sure make it my pick of the draft if that was like Nate's second wide receiver. But since this is his third, it might not have as big of an impact as it would on somebody else's team. Yeah. Joe, you want to go ahead with uh, your yeah. other one? Yeah, I also really liked Chase's uh, Antonio Brown pick at eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's that's insane value. Um, like, and you're gonna you're gonna know early on too if he's worth it or not. Yeah, and even if he wasn't worth it, like, what are you really giving up at eleven at that point? Like, I took Jarvis Landry after him, like, and then. Uh, like you may have maybe would have wanted to go for someone else, but um, it's, yeah, it just kind of shows how I think that the, the wide receiver depth was like crazy this year. Um, and yeah, yeah it's just going to be like, how did, how did, how does this play out? Um, but I think that's like the easiest gamble in the world is. Oh, for sure. At 11. I totally agree. 
Another one I want to highlight, not to give Chase too much credit. Took Ryan Tannehill in the 15th round. You know, I know he took Aaron Rodgers earlier. He could have taken somebody else if he could get Ryan Tannehill in the 15th round. That's insane. I might have not even taken a quarterback if I knew I could get Ryan Tannehill in the 15th round. That's a steal of a value. Um, it, yeah, I, I really like that pick quite a bit. I was I was shocked he was still on the board. It's kind of one of those players that slipped my mind, and I thought, oh, there's no way he's still there anymore. But, no, nope, yeah. he, he was. So I like that pick a lot. Um, Joe, just to kind of round out, do you have a riskiest pick of the draft? The risky Risky Bisky? Just, just a risky pick. Because I have mine I can talk about. Yeah, go ahead and talk about it. Let me think about it. It has to be Jake with CD Lamb at three. That's why that's exactly like that was the first thing my eyes went to. Dude, that's the first thing. Like he CD Lamb was good last year. He's been hyped up a lot this offseason. He could absolutely go off. Or I just feel like he could just fall flat on his face. And I hope he doesn't do that. But yeah. if we're being honest, it's like that guy is such a talent and a great player. If he can put it all together, I think that might be a slam dunk with Calvin Ridley. I mean, I think that, I mean, I'm not like against C. Lamb. I just think, you know, at that wraparound stage, the beginning of the third, it's just like you're missing out on, on too much value. Yeah. Especially in the running back department. I, I agree with that. Um, another one maybe to point out is where where did he go? I just lost him. Oh, Ethan's Logan Thomas pick. Because mm. Logan Thomas was really good last year. He took him in the seventh round. I thought it was a little high. But, it, again, if Logan Thomas does what he did last year, that could be a solid pick. But you could also see the world where – they change up their offense, and he's hardly involved. But they did give him a big contract, so who knows? Mm-hmm. What was another risky pick? Hmm. James Robinson at three. You think so? I don't. Know. I mean, it's just you know, it's the risk of fantasy football. Oh yeah, everybody's a little risky in fantasy football, aren't they? Yeah. Well. I, I think that's everything I have. Joe, did you have any uh, anything else to add for your first guest appearance? You know, I... Thanks for having me, Leighton. Um, nothing else to add. Our, I, I think that I think that this is going to be this is going to be a fun year. Dude, it's going to be so much fun. I think this year might be the most active our league's been, and we've already gotten a taste of that too with the draft day trades, but. Dude, yeah. I, re- I really appreciate you coming on, keeping me some company. It's a lot better than uh, talking aimlessly into a microphone, probably, which was, uh, I guess, the first thought that came into my head. But I'm so excited you got yeah. to join me uh, this week, and you'll definitely have to come back some other time. Maybe an end-of-the-season recap would be fun. Yeah, dude. Oh, that would... All right. Well, it was, a, it was a great weekend. Good draft. Great draft. I'm excited That's to see good. where... The, the season goes and uh well thank you guys so much for listening um please follow us on instagram at the fantasy underscore chumps joe's done it before send in a question we'll answer that on the podcast and uh you'll hear from us sometime next week so enjoy it enjoy the draft season please 
DM us for any questions regarding your upcoming draft. We will answer them. Thank you guys so much and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys.